Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Oh, it is time right now. And I'm looking at this. Some people, welcome back to the Iron College Basketball Podcast. Some people, they think this week it's even better than NCAA tournament week because you got all these conference tournaments happening. All right. You got teams with their seasons on the line. I'm looking at this Wednesday schedule. Looking at this Wednesday schedule around 36 conference tournament games. We're going to preview a lot of this stuff. It is time. I think I might need a. Let's go. I might need another one. Let's go. I might need another one. Let's go. That's right. Let's go. I'm Matt Norlander. It's I'm going to fly solo on this one because Gary Parrish is literally flying right now. He's in the air. Uh, David Cobb's making his way to the SEC tournament. Kyle Boone, rest up, buddy. We got a big march ahead of us, so I'm just going to go solo. I'm going to cook. Hey, do you want to have the ability to see into the future? Here's the thing. Check your podcast as you listen to it right now. My intention is to get out of here in 30 to 35 minutes. You will know if I am successful by knowing how long this podcast is because you know I have no idea right now. If you're watching on YouTube, please do what you always do. Smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. Feels weird for me to say it, frankly. That's that's like a GP thing. He trademarked it, but I'm gonna I'm going to borrow it for now. Parrish will be back on the next episode on Friday. It will be both of us. It's that time of the year, folks. We've got the travel schedules are nutty. I'm I'm going into New York City tonight for Big East tournament and CBS Sports Network stuff. I still got a pack. It's been well, it's been busy. I hope you watched, by the way, the Tuesday episode on TV. We did get some a lot of feedback. We've got another one coming on Wednesday. Have a little bit more of that at the end of this pod before we get out of here. Nada is going to, uh, as always, uh, be right here beside me. How you doing, buddy? Are you are you in on this? And by the way, do you consider Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, would you rather have that of championship week or do you prefer the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? Because there are more games this week than next. Give me the first weekend because the crazy stuff really, really happens then. Give me the first. Like, there's Lehigh Duke. We will always remember Lehigh Duke. It's the moment. It's the small moments like that that I will always remember. Not necessarily small, but those first couple of weekends of the NCAA tournament are just crazier. So give me, like, give me full chaos. And so that's why first weekend. But this. This is a beautiful little appetizer. It's like those perfectly fried mozzarella sticks. 
That's right. It is incredible. Wednesday's good. Thursday is amazing with the amount of ball that's going on there. Um, let's open here with Gonzaga. It wins the WCC title on Tuesday night. Uh, got its 19th WCC championship under Mark View. It's 24 straight years. This program's going to the tournament. Only Kansas and Michigan State have longer streaks. Uh, it beat St. Mary's by 26 points, 77-51. That is the greatest margin of victory in a WCC title game ever. Uh, Gonzaga is scorching right now. At Bart Torvik, little tip for our listeners and viewers: you can sort you can sort team data based on any given date. You can go in, you can select, and you say, you know what, I want to see how everyone in the country's played from this date to this date. Well, if you start today and you go all the way back to a month ago, February eighth, Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball, number one in offensive efficiency, which it is. Period. At Ken Palm is number one, and at Torvik. Adjusted offensive efficiency, 134.5 points per 100 possessions. That is magma, okay? they. Whereas before, I thought that Gonzaga was going to kind of saunter in on the three line, maybe the four line. Maybe that would, that would be a good thing for the collective psyche of this team. Now, although it's got no shot at being a one, I would put it on the two line right now. And we'll see how the rest of conference championship week shakes out. Gonzaga is either going to probably be the last two or the best three. It's probably going to be one of those two. I would put it on the two line, but it, there's no other than the fact that it's going to have finished. It's it's going to have finished its conference tournament play on March 7th, and then it won't play for at least nine, potentially 10 days. Other than that, there's no quietness about this Gonzaga team. It is roaring. It has been incredible over the past month uh, and really would have, if it had not given up the game late against St. Mary's, even more so. If Gonzaga had it won at St. Mary's, would be in the one-seed conversation. But it didn't, so here we are. Uh, very, very impressive win with what Mark Fuse's team was able to do there on Tuesday night and just definitively destroy St. Mary's. Like uh, St. Mary's is a good team. Now, Computer tricker element. Yeah, there's some of that. There's some of that, but they still, even if you don't think St. Mary's is like top 10, top 15 good, even if you don't buy that, and I and I hear you if you're there, it's kind of irrefutable that from a data standpoint, like it is one of the 25 best teams in the country, probably one of the 20 best, and Gonzaga destroyed them. Incredible game plan. I don't know who had the scout for that, but they did a, they did a wonderful job, uh, and, and they didn't mess around. So uh, not as much pressure on the Zags going into the big dance this season. But it is on the list of national championship contenders. However long you want to make that list. Six teams, 10 teams. My guy Stanford Steve recently said he had 24 teams. I DM'd him. I'm going to see him at the Big East tournament. I, I got to get the, I got to get my guy down to like 15 to 18 teams. Like at some point, it's just too long. But Gonzaga is on that list and probably in the top seven to eight on that list at this point. I do want to talk Timmy real quick because I did have a, a very big feature that went up on him on Tuesday. I'd been working on it for him a number of months. I'd actually had the, the idea for the story going back more than a year. I sat down with him when I went out to Gonzaga for the Texas game. And that was really where the reporting on it started. But then we had a good, uh, we had a good chat back in, in Portland uh, at the PK 85. And then I spoke to about a dozen people uh, within the program, even folks not in the program, like Sean Miller, who makes a, who makes an, <laughs> an unwitting cameo near the end of the story. And uh, thanks to anyone who read it. If you have not read it yet, we will put it in the podcast description uh, for this episode on Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever. If you're watching right now on YouTube or watching live or watching after the fact, Nadis brought it up on the uh, on the page here. 
And you can see in the uh, in the art there, he's got a he's got an old Cowboys Bills Super Bowl shirt. Dude is a humongous Cowboys fan, and as the story details, he's even gone out of his way multiple times to just talk about the cow to open press conferences after you know a fifteen point Gonzaga win. He needs to talk about how good the Cowboys are, or to quote assistant Brett Michelson, quote how shitty the Hawks are. <laughs> uh, he is one of a kind. Um, a college basketball original. He's the greatest Gonzaga player ever. Oh, by the way, he became the all-time leading scorer in Gonzaga's win Tuesday night over St. Mary's. He's the only Gonzaga player ever with at least 1,500 points, 800 rebounds, 200 assists, and 100 blocks. And he's and he's like he's more he's now you know 2,200 plus points at this point. Uh, he'll, he'll probably have more than 900 rebounds by the time his career is done. Um, he certainly has the greatest Gonzaga career of anyone. He's three-time All-American. He's not officially an All-American yet, you know, for for official purposes. But he's going to get there, and he might be a first-teamer. So, um, but the designation of All-America is going to be his three times. You know, two-time reigning WCC Player of the Year. Did you know only Blake Step is the only other Gonzaga player to win WCC Player of the Year in back-to-back years? Loved Blake Step's game, man. Loved it. Um, but it was so much fun to report out this story. Uh, as I said on HQ earlier on Wednesday. I I was it, it, the the stories that were not provided to me the what stuff that I needed to know was what was I would have loved to put that in but at a certain point some of the Timmy stuff is legend because it's got to be legend there's got to be a myth to it but the stuff that was able to be shared was was tremendous and his parents are awesome uh, his mom and dad are phenomenal and um, even they I, his mom was texting me after the story went up and uh, she had a sense of what I was writing but she didn't really understand what I was going for. Like I was going for the definitive character profile of just an incredible college basketball character. And that's Timmy. And by the way, he kicks ass at basketball. That's the other thing. Like he's an incredible player. And the heart of the piece is like, he has been able to truly be himself, enjoy college for every single thing that it affords and offers him everything. He he's a dedicated student athlete, loves the Zags, incredible player, but my guy is not living in the gym twenty four seven. And to me, I've I've always found Timmy's game and his and that side of him to be very appealing. And the stories on him just go for days and days and days. And uh, I'd be interested anyone watching or listening where you come down on Timmy, because he has had a little bit of the villain stuff. And that's also covered in the story. You know, the mustache began the whole mustache celebration that began because those games were happening when there was no one in the stands or the stands were like 20% full. And Timmy was just like, man, the energy in here is brutal. I need to, I need, I need something to pump me up and pump my teammates up. So we just started flexing his bicep and doing the mustache celebration. And that, and because, you know, he's a, he's a semi awkward, tall white dude that plays for Gonzaga. It just makes him the easy target to be a villain. And he's going to bring it on. And he doesn't shy from it. He said, perceptually, I'm li- unlikable. He told me he, he gets the deal. Um, but I have never really found him all of that unlikable, to be honest. I just, I don't know. Uh, someone that looks, to be having that much fun all the time out on the floor. I mean, he's asking guys, he's getting ready to check into a game against God knows what opponent Barrett Henderson, the greatest idea. Gonzaga told me the story. He's like, the one, there was one time he's getting ready to check back into the game. The second half, there's like a couple of other guys on this other team there. He's going, Hey, you guys, uh, and Gonzaga's probably up like 20 at this point. He's like, Hey, you guys got time. Like you want to come, you want to come for a beer over at Jack and Dan's after or do you, or do you got to go right to the plane? Like he's like, that's 
What? It's just, it's incredible. You guys, you guys wanted to swing by the, the old local watering hole for a couple hours before you scoot on back home. Only Drew Timmy. Only Drew Timmy. So if you haven't read it yet, please go seek it out. You can read it in the uh, pod description. It's uh, it was a it was a blast putting together that story. And I did have a few folks saying uh, it was one of the funnier things they had read this season. I appreciate the compliments because he's he's a funny dude and. Those that really know him, like you can, he can rub like Kispert. I don't, Corey Kispert, who's got a couple of just tremendous anecdotes and quotes in that story. He told me, like, yeah, Drew wasn't my dude at, at first, but then once I got, once I got it, I got it. But like one of his earliest visions of Drew Timmy is like Timmy walking into a practice and smacking Mark Few on the ass, being like, what's up, coach? And Kispert's like, I was terrified of the coaching staff as a freshman. This guy's walking in like he's, like he's on the staff. So, Different guy altogether. Shouts to Drew Timmy. We'll be interested to see what Gonzaga can do in the in the WCC tournament. Let's talk auto bits. Let's talk Wednesday hoop. Let's talk what we're going to get over the next couple of days. Uh, I got plenty to get to, including the three teams that earned their tickets on Tuesday night. But first, Nada, do what you got to do. You know, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, I love the fact that the promo, like nothing against the soccer. We got an amazing soccer package, but I like that as we're doing the podcast, we're promoing March Madness on CBS. Great, great stuff. All right. Tuesday night, three auto bids. Charleston dancing takes any discussion about that large off the table. I was prepared to at least present an argument for why the Cougars would have deserved at large inclusion if they had lost. They didn't. How about this though? They gave up a 15-0 second half run. Trailed by eight points with six minutes to go against UNCW in the CAA title game on CBS Sports Network. And then outscored him 21 to nine. Ryan Larson had, how about this? Ryan Larson, it was his 154th career college game. 154 games. And in the CAA title game, our dude goes for 23, the most in his career. I love that stuff, man. That's the sixth bid for Charleston in program history. They're going to go in with a 30 and three record. You're going to see 31 and three. One of those wins is not against division one opponents. So when the committee looks at that team sheet, they're going to see a team with 30 wins at the division one level. They'll be projected as a 12, put them on the 11 line. And I said, and I'm going to say that Charleston will be an 11. I think that the committee will bump them up and you will see the Cougars on the 11 line. It will be really interesting to see what team, whether it's a five or a six gets matched up against Pat Kelsey's group. Um, they're a lot of fun and they will be a trendy, trendy Cinderella pick. But if you look at the, at what they've done, they're three, they're what four and one in the top two quadrants, I believe after last night. Um, so they have had success there, but they, their first opponent, it's going to be such a shock to the system versus the teams they've been playing for the past couple of months. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to pick Charleston to win a game or not. Certainly I'm going to consider it, but, uh, very much a matchup situation there in the summit league, another team that. I think the committee would have and had to would have discussed as an at-large. Don't know if it would have gotten in. Oral Roberts doesn't mess around. 92 to 58 over North Dakota State. Oral Roberts, that's a 12 seed. And I think that you're getting universal projections on that. That's a that's a 12 seed. It's the seventh bid in program history. Schools won 17 games in a row. Longest win streak in the country. And as I mentioned on the Tuesday Ion College Basketball Show on CBS Sports Network, I trivia time GP. He wasn't ready for it. The, my guy was not even... It, the trivia time wasn't even close to his mind. I told him he has to trivia time me today on the Wednesday show. So I don't know what he's bringing, but he said he would. I got to be prepared. But I trivia timed him. I said, all right, 
Oral Roberts has one loss since November 22nd. Realize how long ago that was? That was before Thanksgiving. Who was it? He didn't get it. It was at New Mexico. And that was a game that Oral Roberts had to schedule in impromptu fashion because it one of its other games got taken off the schedule because its opponent, I believe, had COVID-19. I think that's the the deal with that. So it, it went out and went out to the pit and it, t- it took an L. But it, it could have easily just not scheduled that game and we could be talking about a team riding, you know, 25, 26 game winning streak. Uh, regardless, one loss since November 22nd. Uh, Max Asmus, they're going back to the tournament. And you'll notice if you watch the game, they've got Connor Vanover. He was at Arkansas last season. You know, he's like 7'4". <laughs> they've got this, you know, diminutive, awesome scoring combo guard and Ace Smith, who's done it before. This team almost, almost, they they were almost St. Peter's the year before St. Peter's. Remember, Ace Smith just was a little long on the shot against Arkansas in the bubble tournament. Otherwise, they're, they're to the regional final there. But they made the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. Now they're going to be a 12. Um, Ace Smith had 26 points and a good sign for Oral Roberts. He had a career-high 11 assists in that game. So good stuff for the Golden Eagles. Paul Mills, like Kelsey. Kelsey and Paul, and this is kind of goes with the territory. Kelsey and Paul Mills are both going to be names bandied about in the coaching carousel. Kelsey just signed a new deal. Uh, I had a source tell me the buyout for this year is just north of a million, and then it's, it'll, it'll de-escalate. So we'll see. Like that's not going to be a hurdle that a that a that an AD that really wants Pat Kelsey can't overcome, and I'm told Kelsey obviously will, would have interest in 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 a big time job, but we'll see. He's very very happy there as well. Uh, but him and Paul Mills, um, I can't help but wonder if if Texas Tech does open, you know, why isn't that a job for Paul Mills? Like he could thrive there. And and what you see what Jerome Tang's done after after coaching at with Scott Drew, Paul Mills is all, also in that Baylor tree. Um, we'll see. I think I think he's going to get an opportunity. The other auto bid from Tuesday was Northern Kentucky. It's their fourth conference tournament championship since 2017. It's their third bid. There was no 2020 tournament. Darren Horn getting it done once upon a time back in 08. He took Western Kentucky to the tournament and they had that amazing win uh, in the first round down in Tampa over Drake. Shouts to the Norse. As a Norlander, I can only support. Norse, get it done again. So those are your auto bid winners from Tuesday night. Not auto bid situation, but I have to bring this up on the pod. UMass Lowell, the school that Elvis Presley graduated from, his prideful alma mater, won a school record 27th game on Tuesday night by advancing in the America East Conference Tournament, beating New Hampshire before this season. And basically before this podcast started acknowledging and talking about what people refuse to talk about, and that's Elvis's connection to UMass Lowell, before that happened, Program had never won more than 16 games. And that was in 1906. 1906. So, one of my favorite mid-major conference title games. Breakfast. Breakfast ball. UVM hosts UMass Lowell Saturday morning in the America East title game. We will get in. At least I will try and shoehorn in a word or two on the Friday pod with GP about that one. But you know I had to bring up UMass Lowell. I'm seeing... uh, I'm seeing some questions here. I appreciate that. Um, I'll hit a, I'll hit a few of these on the way out the door. 18 minutes. Can I get done in 12 minutes? Uh, nope. No, no chance. No chance. And it's uh, okay. It's okay. Because I was going to actually, actually going to ask you um, yeah. if, and, and granted, we were going to talk about, I know we're going to talk about coaching openings or last people coach. But if, yep. and I saw this in the chat and I thought it was a really good question. If uh, Charleston gets to the second round, how how interested interested should like an ACC team, maybe a Clemson, maybe a Notre Dame, be interested in Pat Kelsey? 
Uh, certainly there will be interest with both of those schools. Uh, Clemson, we'll see. Actually, Brownell, I think Brownell might hang on. We'll see. But don't don't get booted with a 15-point loss in your first ACC tournament game. Not that one game should matter, but you know something like that can carry a lot of volume. So you want to avoid that. But no, there's 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 certainly potential for that. Uh, was told that uh, you know Georgia Tech. We'll see if it does or doesn't open. But Passer, I'll, I'll get to coaches that are potentially you know waiting in the wind here. I uh, was told Kelsey wouldn't be would not be a name for uh, for Georgia Tech on that. Um, I'll get to a few of the questions before we uh, before we get out of here. But let's let's talk about some auto bids that are getting handed out on Wednesday night. I'm giving you. Listen, I got this mic. It's just me. Got to be honest, feels a little bit weird talking so long. I'm waiting for Parrish to chime in with a nine-minute monologue. My guy's on an airplane right now. Oh, feels good. Let's go. You got it. Um, so let's talk a little bit more small school stuff. We've got 11 teams in the tournament. Three more auto bids will be handed out Wednesday, so we're going to be at 14. And here's what I like about this. See, the real ones know that for years and years and years and years, this Wednesday, see, the Tuesday always had like a five-pack of auto bids. And then Wednesday, you just had the Patriot League. But the commissioners of the Southland and the Big Sky, they were smart. They changed the format of their conference tournament. Now, there is something to be said for, do we want to have our league finish on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday before Selection Sunday? And so then our teams are just sitting for a while. Like they might be getting a little bit of cold on the shelf. Yeah, there is something to that. But I actually think there's also something to having your conference tournament in a place on television where you're going to get more attention. And so the Southland is no longer buried on the Saturday with 14 other auto bids getting handed out. And a lot of those being power conference, the big sky no longer buried. Although this tip time isn't the greatest. Like might want to see if you can move it up a little bit earlier. Cause some East coasters are not sticking around for this. Here's your schedule for Wednesday in the auto bids, Southland championship ESPN two five Eastern. So when you're done watching CBS sports, Ion college basketball on CBS sports network, four to five with me and GP on Wednesday, check on over to the Southland. It's 21 and 10 Northwestern state. Who's Corey Gibson, their coach, is very hot name uh, to, to bump up in the mid-major mid ranks there. Going against 22-10, and 10, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Steve Lutz, former Purdue assistant, uh, former Creighton assistant. Uh, that's a really, really good Southland championship game. A um, couple of really, really good teams. That's 5 Eastern, ESPN2. On CBS Sports Network, 7.30 Eastern, as always, we do carry the Patriot League championship game. Lafayette is the seventh seed, and this is going up against a monster. At Colgate, the best three-point shooting team in the country. Matt Langle's team is, a, although it has not been able to pull off the, uh, the upset the way that it has been buzzed about in recent seasons, team is shooting 41% from three this season. That is best in the country uh, and certainly will be a factor in the NCAA tournament. It's also a top 10 team from two-point range. Just really, really great on offense. Has one loss since December 22nd, does Colgate. A one-point loss at American a month ago. It's a hot team, expected to win. Matt Langle is another coach that you need to know about because he's one who should get a bigger job. Like it's time, man. He's won 201 games at Colgate since 2011. In the past five years, he's 111 and 42. It's time. What's taking so long? I know St. John's fans, if that job opens, they're going to be pining for Patino or another big name. And you might get him. But if I'm St. John's AD, Mike Craig, why am I not giving Matt Langle a shot? Like He's definitely taking that job. The scheme he runs will, I think it can, I think it can work in the, at the biggest level. Personally, we'll see. Langle's a really good coach. I expect Colgate to win by double digits and get back to the NCAA tournament. 
after being in a relevant program for five decades. Like Colgate was like the auto win on Syracuse's schedule forever. And then what happened? Langle's gone. <laughs> he's gone into the carry dome and, and pulled off a dub uh, as of late. Other auto bid on Wednesday night, 1130 Eastern. I know that's a, that's a late tip. That's your big sky title game on ESPN two. Montana state's the two and it, and it, it, it played. Now I had to, I had to cash in early Tuesday. Okay. But it beat Weber state 60 to 58. Okay. 60 to 50 in two overtimes. Two overtime game, 60 to 58. Ridiculous. <laughs> what are we doing here? But credit to Montana State. And it's going to host Northern Arizona, the nine seed, which is 12 and 22. Now, sicko crew, join me. We know what we're doing here. Nothing against Montana State. But when you only drop 60 and you get 50 minutes to do it, I kind of got to instinctively root against you, especially when we are faced with the with the prospect of the first ever 20-plus loss team making the NCAA tournament. No team has ever made the NCAAs with 20 or more losses. The Lumberjacks took out top-ranked Eastern Washington, and now they're moving along into the title game. Let's go. Northern Arizona shouts the flagstaff. Let's go. Big Sky title game. Other conference tournaments being played on Wednesday. We got 14 in total, in addition to the ones I just gave you. We got ACC, A10, Big East, Big 12, Big 10, CUSA, Mountain West, MEAC, PAC, SEC, and the SWAC, baby. Here are your games of note Wednesday. If you're listening and watching now, you're in early because guess what? Daytime hoop and like big time daytime hoop. No offense to the Florida State Georgia Tech game that went down yesterday. That's not my vibe. Wake Forest, Syracuse, noon. <laughs> right there in Greensboro. That's where I'm at. How about Syracuse and Jim Beheim playing Wake Forest, a team he said, and the coach he said bought a team, and then had to walk it back. That's your 8-9-er. ESPN, noon Eastern on Wednesday. Will it be, will Syracuse win? And whether it does or not, today, tomorrow, is this the end of Jim Beheim's run at Syracuse? Is it? Someone's going to ask him once they lose. He's going to say, I don't know. He's going to get pissed off at the question. I think he might, even if he does know, I get the sense, if this is it, this is just my guess. This is not learned intel. It would not surprise me if Bayheim took two, three, four weeks. And if, if it is his last go, wouldn't surprise me if he made that decision once the Final Four is well in our rear view. We'll see. If he does return, pretty much everyone in college basketball thinks next year is the last year. Like, and we've been saying this for a decade, but it feels like, no, no, this is the last of last. Like, this is it. We'll see. Wake Forest Q's noon Eastern tip, ESPN 8-9 game, ACC in Greensboro. After that, Georgia Tech versus Pitt, approximately 2.30 Eastern in the 5-12. Pitt, just don't lose. Don't lose. If Pitt loses, you are going to open up the door for the committee to really look at that resume. And I don't know if you're as secure as you might think you are. Don't lose the game and you're good. That's all you got to do. Beat Georgia Tech. Am I asking too much? Right now, I mean, it's maybe a 10, maybe an 11. Like, it's right there. There's a lot of other desperate teams on the bubble. Just keep an eye out on it. That's all. Just win the game. Another bubble team, Wisconsin. How about this? This is a, how weird is this season? A 12-13 game in the Big Ten tournament involves a team that some think are, that is in the tournament. And that's Wisconsin. 6.30 Eastern versus Ohio State on Big Ten Network. Wisconsin is obviously out with a loss and let's 
like at least one of these teams on the bubbles losing Wednesday. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be out there somewhere. Wisconsin's out, and that's that could be on the table. Now, if it wins, I actually think their resume is still weirdly up for debate. Two wins, and it's in, but you got to get through the first one. 6.30 Eastern. At 7 Eastern, ESPN, right? This is ESPN, right? Let me just make, let me just make sure this Carolina game. Gosh, I know a lot of people have North Carolina fatigue at this point. Oh, it's ESPN2. ESPN2. Boston College, North Carolina, ACC tournament. I mean, what more needs to be said? 7-10 game. Don't... Nada. If, if, you, if, UNC, if UNC actually loses to Boston College in the 7-10 game, in all seriousness, like, does the situation become toxic or is it more like, all right, let's, let's just close this book and never talk about it again. I'm actually, and I think Carolina is going to win, but if it lost this game, what would be your prediction on, on how the local reaction would be in the ensuing 24, 48, 72 hours? They would start wish casting Wes Miller. That that's, that's the initial reaction, but I would say at this point, and this is a question, and I hate to answer a question with a question, but if mm-hmm. you're Hubert Davis and you lose this, what makes you not, I don't know, flush everything and basically say, Baycott, I know you have an extra year. You can't stay. RJ Davis, you have an extra year. You can't stay. And then the obvious one, Caleb Love, if you, again, you lose this, you can't stay either. I think you have to flush at least three of these guys, uh, at least two of the three, if not all three. And at some point, I don't know, basically say, if you have anything to do with this year, you might not be able to stay either because I want a completely clean slate. Be- just because this team, or at least this group of characters, are the characters that oh, that sent Roy home, but also sent Coach K home. I, you appreciate them for their service, but they got to go and you got to give Hubert a chance to actually build his own program and his own stamp on the program at this point. And so, yeah, like if they lose this, everybody got to go. I that's it's a very compelling point and it's going to be really interesting to see how this ends. By the way, we're at the 29 minute mark and I ain't done. So this idea that this was going to be a 30 minute podcast, that's out the window. Uh, Other ones to know on Wednesday, Virginia Tech, NC State. Again, NC State, just don't lose. Don't lose the game. You lose to Virginia Tech. I think you're still getting in, but you don't want three bid thieves and you don't want like Mississippi state to win a couple of sec tournament games. And we look up in Oklahoma States in the big 12 semifinals and we look up and Michigan's made the big 10 semifinals. It's, it's unlikely, but I'm just saying if you're NC state, don't lose the game because right now the committee is getting ready. They're probably having breakfast together as we speak. They're going to start assembling and, and doing everything at one There's actually a media call at one o'clock with the chair that I might hop on. Uh, before they really get rolling. And just NC State, just, just blend into the background. Just win your game. You're in after that. There's no, no matter what. Just don't take a bad loss. Pitt and NC State, keep an eye on them. That Virginia Tech-NC State game, approximately 9.30 Eastern tip in the 6-11 game. And then the other one is Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. In terms of games of note, bubble teams, urgency. Approximately 9.30 Eastern, 7-10 game. Mike Boynton's team needs it. Needs it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if Oklahoma State wins one and then loses the next one, then we we might have a pretty intriguing uh, debate there. That's an ESPNU game, oh, by the way, um, because the ACC has taken priority 
on ESPN2. I believe NBA is on ESPN tonight. I think that's how the TV uh, the TV guide breaks up there. So that's your Wednesday games of note. Just love, love getting into this rhythm of these daytime games, man. It's the one... Come on. There's nothing better than the sport. This month, it's the best. Here are uh, here are guys who may or may not be coaching in their final game at their current gigs on Wednesday. Ewing at Georgetown. Anderson at St. John. And I'm not saying all these guys are getting fired. I'm saying, you know, and talking to folks around college hoops and talking to my sources, these are the ones that people have an eye on, okay? And frankly, some of these, their ADs have been making private calls for weeks at this point. Just, just to get test, just to test waters, okay? And and see if if a move is made, what people may or may not be interested in jobs. Because that's how this that's how the game is actually played. Ewing at Georgetown, Anderson at St. John's, Jared Haas at Stanford, Mark Fox at Cal. I think those are the four jobs that haven't had turnover yet that I would have the most expectation to have it. Um, I'm going to say the likelihood in order would be Fox, Ewing, Haas, Anderson, but those four. There are lingering wonderments about Bobby Hurley and Mike Hopkins at Arizona State and Washington. We will see. I don't think that both will wind up not being at their current posts, but I think there's a decent chance maybe one. And Hurley's a weird one because I Hurley has one year left on his deal. And these coaches don't want to go into lame duck years. I'm almost positive it's one year left on the deal. And so like they could still get into the tournament. Um, but if, if St. John's opens, does it target Hurley? You know, there's just that kind of stuff. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, Rick Stansbury at Western Kentucky. Um, they've had a, they've had a stumble down the stretch here. And that's not a that's not a high major gig, but it is among the best mid-major uh, programs out there. And you want your wow nugget of the day? How about this? If this is it for Rick Stansberry, they've been playing ball at Western Kentucky for more than 100 years. Now, the NCAA tournament has been around that, around that long. Every single coach in Western Kentucky history has made the NCAA tournament. Stansberry has not. And so um, because of that, uh, I think there's an expectation that, uh, that a change might be made. I'm told the AD does not want to make a change, but at a certain point, fan base gets a little bit it's a little bit itchy and it is what it is. So that's just your an, an early coaching watch gig. And we'll see. You know, this is, you know, unfortunately, this is the downside of the of the sport. But you know, when the games matter most and we've got the most stuff going on, um, changes are inevitable and the carousel will spin even more. We've got 16 openings as we talk here on a Wednesday morning, I believe. Um, let's go talk Thursday real quick here. I will be, I'm going into the city tonight. I'll be at the garden early. Um I'm going to check a little bit of, of Marquette St. John's. Then I got to dip out before that one's done. I'm making my CBS Sports Network studio debut. I'll be in studio with GP. Mountain West quarters, four of them on CBS Sports Network all day. So Parrish and I will be sharing the desk for a couple of halftime shows. And then there are two, what I think they call bridge shows. So inside college basketballs that are, I think 20 to 25 minutes. So we'll be, we'll be doing that. So I'll be, uh, I'll be there. Very excited. Appreciate the opportunity. Um, very excited for it. It's it's awesome. I'm now I'm going to miss the UConn Providence game because of this. Which if there's one game that's the most anticipated of the entire day on Thursday, it is Friars Huskies, and that scene is going to be absurd. Half the arena will be drunk by one o'clock, and the game doesn't tip until about two thirty. It's a big time, big time four or five matchup that's going to be on FS1. I will scoot back to the Garden late Thursday once I get out of the studio. Ideally catch, I think the Xavier game is the seven. 
And then Nova Creighton, I think, is the 9.30 Eastern tip. I think I don't have it up in front of me, but I actually think that's what the schedule is. So I'll be in the building for that. And then I will be at the Garden for the semis that night and all that good stuff. But very excited to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to do some CBS Sports Network uh, studio stuff. I'll be there Thursday and then I'll be in the uh, HQ studios uh, for Saturday and then all day on Selection Sunday. Uh, Thursday games to know that are urgent. Rutgers, Michigan, 8-9 game, Big Ten Network, Nooner. That's your noon tip. That's an elimination game. I Rutgers does not deserve to be in the tournament if it loses that game. I understand some of the wins are high quality, no doubt about it. But if it loses that game, I think it's resume on balance. It just feels like an elimination game, and I'm not convinced Michigan's in with a win. I, I it might need to beat Purdue, but that's your uh, that's your good noon tip on Thursday, which is arguably as good as next Thursday in the NCAA tournament because just the amount of games that are going to be going on. Uh, one Eastern SEC network, it's just a bubble urgency Mississippi State. If it loses at Florida and that 8-9, um, Mississippi State won't be in the field. So it needs to it needs to beat the Gators there. Um, I mentioned Providence-UConn. That's your 230. Kind of going chronological order. The other, like, because some of these matchups, obviously, we don't know as we record this on Wednesday morning. San Jose State-Nevada, 5-30 Eastern, CBS Sports Network in the 4-5. Nevada's the bubble team in that spot. Don't lose the game. Uh, win the game, and then yeah, you're going to have a, a pretty pretty solid resume. There, don't lose the game though. Uh, Penn State, Illinois. Penn State needs to win. I think it needs to win. Uh, Six thirty Eastern on Big Ten Network. That's the seven ten matchup. There, I will say, I was looking at this last night. I think there are probably around fourteen teams that are in this. You know what? Don't lose your first tournament game. Like I think there are that many, a dozen plus teams that are hovering around the bubble. Uh, now, some of them are going to win and going to help their spot. Like all 14 are not going to lose. So, but they're, they are, these are teams that are entering into a spot where they know if they lose, they have, they are going to be tuning into the selection. They are either going to be tuning into the selection show hoping that they're in the bracket or they're going to tune into the selection show knowing they're not going to get in. But let's watch because what the hell? Why not? Like 14 teams. I think the six closest teams to the cut line, and this could be either side of it. I would say right now it's Rutgers, Bucky, Klanga, Mississippi State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Mississippi State, Nevada, Oklahoma State, and Arizona State. And so I got a few more teams below and I got a few more teams above. But I think that's right now, Wednesday morning, I think those are the six that are scrunched the tightest together on the cut line. Um, So which one do you think is the one's going to drop? Because like I have... Like part of me is thinking like this is Arizona State's chance to just basically make it easy on the committee. Which one's going to be the so so lost and gone? Uh, lost and gone forever. Shasta Guster. Um, well, I got Rutgers losing to Michigan first of all, so I got Rutgers out in that spot. Now I think Rutgers will be hotly debated. Uh, most likely, yeah, I think Rutgers is my pick. I think I think Wisconsin actually could get pushed by Ohio State. These are the six I just mentioned. Mississippi State, I think, will beat Florida, but that feels eh, 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 tough read. Nevada, a lot of these are tough reads, man. Like even Oklahoma State playing Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma is like the best sub five hundred power conference team in the history of the world, man. They can win. I'll give me Rutgers, I guess. That's a that's a good question. I'm going to give you my big. Uh, we did all the conference preview ups, uh, tournament preview ups, but just. Uh, and oh, by the way, here are my six picks to win them all. I'm going to say Bama wins the SEC. UConn wins the Big East. I know people are rolling their eyes. Everyone loves UConn. I, I'm just going to pick them. I, what do you want from me? Like, I can see Marquette winning it. I can see 
I can actually see Xavier winning without Fremantle. He's done for the year. Uh, I can see Creighton winning it. It's hard for me to picture Villanova doing it. It's it's hard for me to get there with Providence. Providence is another one. If Providence loses to UConn, I think I mentioned this on the Sunday show, it's probably going to get in. But if you really look at that Providence resume, uh, I don't know. Beat UConn, leave no doubt. We'll see. I'll say UConn wins the Big East. Virginia wins the ACC. I got Zona winning the Pac-12. No Jalen Clark for UCLA. Give me Zona. Purdue wins the Big Ten. Baylor wins the Big 12. Now, there's no surprise picking any of those. So what I will say is I've only got two ones, right? Yeah, I got Purdue and Bama. Those are the only one seeds. And I'm setting the over-under on 1.5 one seeds winning the, the Big Six conference tournaments. Um, it feels like there's a decent chance we get a team. Like UConn's the four. Okay, so the, say a four seed or worse winning one of these. So UConn uh, technically applies, but maybe a second team might sneak in there. We'll see on that. But that is your... Uh, that's your Tuesday, Wednesday look ahead here. I did get a few questions. Um, let's see what we've got. How many DMB shows have I attended? I've been to 97 DMB shows. We'll keep it mostly to hoops, but I, uh, I plan on getting to magic number 100 this year at SPAC night two. If, uh, if schedule, uh, if schedule abides, uh, also Strawface, who's one of our more uh, dedicated uh, viewers. We appreciate you, man. My one seeds as of today, uh, I'd go in order. Kansas, I'd go Kansas, Bama, Houston, UCLA. That'd be my one seeds in order. Um, Myron Goodman asked, what's the likelihood of a new coach in Clemson? Put me at... Put me at 42% there's a new coach in Clemson. I think it is more likely than not that Brad Brownell will will stay there. Um, (laughs) Uh, someone says Norlander when the Catamounts get to the win, which brewery should they go to to party at Burlington? Shouts to I grew up in South Burlington, Vermont. So shouts to uh, shouts to the Green Mountain State. I've actually got my ski the e shirt on today. In fact, um, zero gravity is the answer. I got a buddy who works at Zero Gravity and does an incredible job. And I'm not I'm not a beer guy, but he does an amazing job. Zero gravity is your answer there. Um, what else do we have? What mid major conferences do you potentially seeing having more than one bid this year? CUSA will have more than one bid if FAU doesn't win. FAU is locked in and FAU is a single digit seed right now. So if it can get the job done, I'll tell you what, if FAU wins out in the conference USA tournament, I'd put them on the six line. When you look at how that team has performed the resume, come on, man, that ain't no nine seed. No way. No way. Um, so in a weird way, like the conference is not even aware, like conference is rooting for FAU not to win the league tournament. And the thing, like, if North Texas breaks through, like Grant McCaslin, that's another coach who quite easily, in fact, I think Grant McCaslin's chances at getting a bigger job this season are pretty high, unless he wants to stay there. And he can, but he's ready. And so if they if they get in, all the more reason. Um, UAB, obviously, is also capable uh, of doing that as well. Uh, what else we got here? What rumors are you hearing about the Notre Dame job, Georgetown job, and danger Hubert Davis is is in oh uh Hubert Davis isn't in any danger right now at Carolina. I understand there's fan, you know fans are gonna fan, but there's no danger. Can we get, honestly can we stop with the Hubert not, Davis thing for at least another like two years? I understand that everybody is very, very upset with Carolina. And I understand that they're upset with the underachieving, but you're not getting anybody better. And more importantly, if you run him out this quickly, who's actually going to want this job? Someone's and granted, I understand it's West one of Miller the best. <laughs> yeah, but 
Like yeah. uh, the thing is, like Wes Miller's not again. He hasn't he hasn't set the world on fire yet at Cincinnati, and they're going to the Big Twelve. No, I I, I hear you. He's not he's not in danger. But the question was asked, so uh, I got I got you now. I'm trying to get us out. Maybe can I get us out in 45? I don't know. We're, we're getting there. Um, no chance. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is being run by the athletic director and like two other people. So if you hear rumors on Notre Dame, take them with a grain of salt because I just don't think a lot of information is going to leak about that. But I do believe that they will give Holtman, Shrewsbury. I actually think Langle will get a... I don't think he's getting the job. I actually think he will get a look there. Um, who else? Uh, there was another... Co- I don't think Moser's in the in play there. Um there's another coach that I can't remember. Hold on one second. I want to give you what I got here. Holtman, Shrewsbury, Langle, Moser's out. It's I got it in a document. I'm going to bring it up right now. Um, uh, they, they're going to look into if, if Chris Quinn wants to leave the NBA, and I don't know if he'd get the job, but he played there. And like uh, Quinn could be an NBA head coach in four years. So it's one of those deals where does he want to chase it and do they want him? I don't know. And Dusty May from the area, really good. I don't know if they'll look at him. They should. I mean, Dusty May is good enough to be a really good coach at, at Notre Dame. So so we'll, uh, we shall see on that end. Um, as for Patino, if Georgetown opens, I think that is his desired landing spot. If they go there, I don't know. Um, Georgetown will be certainly an intriguing one. Uh, will Mike Bray be involved in either the St. John's or Georgetown jobs if and when those open? Bray was, as my understanding, like a top three finalist last time when they went with Ewing. He's not the coach now that he was then. Um, I think there's a few different options for Bray depending on what else opens there. So it should be should be uh, pretty intriguing. But I think that's I think that should just about do it here. I don't want to. I don't need to ramble for an hour. Uh, we, I want. We wanted to get you. A Wednesday pod, a normal one, because we're going to, again, set your DVRs or if you can watch CBS Sports Network for Eastern Wednesday, four to five. And I thought Tuesday's show went pretty well. And that was, it's not exactly this pod because it's, it's like made for TV. And so we had a seven minute segment and a five minute segment and a three minute segment. Parrish did not say there's more of us than there are of them. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud. And by the way, on that note, because we have, there's been a few folks who've been like pushing back. I'm not against the thems. I want to make this clear. I want as many people to love and listen to this podcast as possible. All right. So we're going to welcome you in. And if there's a difference in philosophy, that's, that's totally fine. You're welcome. Come on in, come on in. But there are more of us than there are of you. That's just, that's just like saying the sky's blue. What do you want from me? So just wanted to clear that up. Stay, stay with us here. We're not pushing you away. Blame it on Brandon Davies, I guess. For Eastern CBS Sports Network, Eye on College Basketball, another special made-for-TV episode. We appreciate everyone that uh, took the time out to uh, to find that show. We're doing it again today. Don't, don't know what we're going to talk about. I mean, we're going to talk about games in real time. Talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it might be stuff I already talked about on this podcast. Either way, um, appreciate you. Appreciate everyone. Continue to uh, to share this with friends. If you've got anyone in your life that loves college hoops and, uh, and you think they would enjoy this pod, please... Please pass it along. Anyone that uh, stopped by here on a Wednesday, 10 a.m., heads up, by the way, Friday. We're also going to go at 10 a.m. Get it done nice and early. You know, that Friday episode every year, Conference Tournament Week, there's just so much going on. But we'll see. Hashtag bone, yes. 
Build, organize, nourish, electrify. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Ah, I do miss my buddy. Gary Parrish will be back have, with I me. I have another. Um, okay. What's up? Like, what do we got? I do here? have a not so podcast friendly, which would, would which uh, for that nice little bone hashtag, it, okay. it's some, again, bring others nethers energy. Oh, okay. You're welcome. <sighs> didn't need it. Didn't need it. Uh, let's go one more drop before I, you know, I love the Job one and I don't get to play it enough, you know? So shit, 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 Just amazing stuff there. I got to get the Nance drop in here. I just haven't had time yet. So I, I try and work a few more in. And I, some people do mention this, by the way, if there's a moment on the pod that you think, and the, the drop's got to be like two, three seconds, but if there's something that you think I should put into the board, I, you know, let me know and I'll try and go back and find it. But uh, these things, you know, pod comes and goes and it's in one ear out the other and I forget. But uh, I know you guys enjoy that stuff. Thank you everyone to watching on YouTube and listening however you did. Enjoy these next few days. We could not love it anymore. Selection Sunday getting even closer and the vibes of conference tournament daytime hoop is just unmatched by almost anything else in, in all of sports there. Nada, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. We will talk to you again. Parrish and I, Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, talk about the uh, Wednesday, Thursday results and look ahead to selection Sunday. And we will see you next Wednesday at four Eastern on CBS sports network till then take care.